is a message produced by Shalom Christian Fellowship in Ireland to bless the body of Christ. Beloved Father, we, we honor you, we thank you for this time, and we ask you for the fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit upon our lives. Speak to us. Use like, use my life, Lord. Use your word right now. Speak to your people and prepare your people for, for that day when we are going to be before you. In that day of our appointment, Lord. We want to be in that day with joy, with happiness, giving you glory in that day, Lord. In Jesus' name, this is my prayer. Amen. And everybody say, Amen. Amen. Last week, I started the message, get ready for your appointment. Did you listen it? Did you receive it? If you didn't, please go to, to our YouTube channel and listen this first part. It's because it's going to bless you and you are going to have a better understanding. And I have said in that teaching that my, my most important task here in this church is not to prepare you for this life. I know I have to teach you about family, about finance, about many things here. But my most important task is to prepare you for eternity. It's to prepare you for what you are going to receive after this life. This is my great challenge. I can teach about many things, but this is my most important challenge. Because if you are blessed here, if you have a good life, a good marriage, if you, have, if you are so blessed here, but when you enter in the eternity, then you are lost. Yes. Wow. You are in big trouble because this is you be forever. And I am here with all my love. Because I love you and I want to teach you about that today. And for me, this is the most important teaching on the scripture. This is the most important teaching on the scripture. Because it talks about your future, not about this life here. And please, you should listen carefully. Okay? Be connected to me. Amen? Because God has a word that can transform your life today. Your eternity is determined by your lifestyle in these few years on earth. This is what I said. And also I, we read the Hebrews, the book of Hebrews 9.27 that said, let's read all together, says, just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment. Beloved brothers, you and I, we have one appointment with death, right? And in this appointment, you cannot fail. In this appointment, you, you, are not, you cannot miss it. It's, it's impossible to miss it. And we are going to face one day God and judgment. 
And one day every one of us will face death. And, that, and after death, there will be no time to repent. Repentance must be happen right now in this life. Can you say amen? amen? And also I told you, I just remember some point. God's intention is for us to spend most of our time here getting ready for our appointment. This is God's intention. He's preparing you. God's intention is not to make you happy, happy to, to, make a lot, to, to make a lot of money, to buy a lot of things, and one day, oh, to be in heaven. No. God is preparing you for eternity. And everything, pay attention, everything you do in this earth, I have said, will bring you either reward or regret. It will, it will either bring you joy for having invested your life in the kingdom of God, or sadness and regret for wasting your time here on earth. According to the Bible, you, you know, you will exist forever. Did you know? You, you are one eternal being. God created us eternal. And the Bible says that life here is like a vapor. It's a fog. When the sun comes, then disappeared. Have you noticed how short is life here? And go so quick. And will, it will pass soon. And you will stay a few short years here on this earth. And then eternity somewhere else. You will stay here for this short time. And one day you are going to give account how you lived here. What is terrible and sad for me. Many of you only think about these few years. Many of you work just for these few years of the fog, of the vapor. And you are working for these few years only. You are not interested in what we are going to receive later. And many of the people of God today, they are saying, oh, I need, I need to enjoy this part of life, Pastor. We need to enjoy. I need to be happy. We were created to be happy. I know. You can be happy serving Jesus. You can be happy loving Jesus. You can be prosper serving Jesus. But this should be not your main goal in this life. This is the point. And some people, I look at you then, and they are just worried about things. I need to think my future. I need to buy another house. I need to buy another car. I need to work hard. I need to give it to my family a good life. And I needed to travel, I needed to save money, and I needed to enjoy life. Are you kidding me? Yeah? 
And what about eternity? You are working for this time of fog, vapor. And about eternity. And this, this, like sometimes I look to some people, the way they are living, and I say, God, I am worried about them. I am worried. Because I know this book. I know what's going to happen. This is not my words. I'm just putting my heart and opening my heart to you. Be careful the way that you are living today. And I am talking with all my love as I talk to my children. How is I am teaching my children with love? And sometimes I have to say to them, be careful. Be careful how you are living. Don't forget, these few years on earth, you determine the millions and millions of years that will go on forever and forever more. These few years on earth, you determine the millions and millions of years that will go on forever more. Can you imagine? And as I told you, sometimes the, the way people are living scares me. When I look to some people, the way they are living, how they act, scares me. Because one day, people that today are listening to me may regret the kind of life they lived here. And they will say, I should listen to my pastor. Listen to me, one day some people that are listening to me today, they're going to say, oh, I should listen to the word of God. I should listen to that word that I received that day, but I ignored it. I know, beloved brothers, that uh, we have to live, and we are living in a real world. We have to work, to, stud to study, we have to pay our bills, right? No one pay our bills, yeah? We have also, if I don't work, I don't pay my bills also. If you don't know, if you don't know your, your pastor works a lot. And sometimes I used to work 15, 16 hours a day, if you don't know. Yeah, everybody here have to work and we have our job. But we should live with our feet here on, on earth, but with our minds on eternity. Okay? You have to have your feet here. Yeah, you have to work, but if your minds on eternity. And I'm going to show you now in the Bible. Colossians 3, 1 to 4. Colossians 3. Colossians 3, 1 to 4. If you could follow me on the screen or in your Bible, please. If you, all together, please. If you were raised from death with Christ, so live for what is in? Where? In heaven. Where? Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Verse 2. Think only about is what up there, not here, not what is here on earth. 
3. Your old self has died and your new life is kept with Christ in God. Yes, Christ is now your life. And when he comes again, you will share in his glory. Hallelujah. Yes. This is... Thank you. This should, how you should live, my beloved brother, please. Highlight this verse in your Bible. Highlight it. Write down this verse. And keep it in your mind. Because the Bible says that if you were raised from death, or if you were born again, in other words, seek the, seek the things from heaven, from above. Set your eyes on the reality of heaven. Think about things of heaven, not things of earth. What I'm teaching you is not about Pastor Myers, it's about the Word of God. Set your mind in eternal things. If you don't do that, one day you will regret. Shift your gaze. Shift. God is saying to us, make the life that is to come bigger than your life that you are now living. This is what the Bible says. If you make your life to come bigger than your life that we are living now, we will consequently live a better life. People who love the Lord, people who has their eyes on eternity, they have a better life. This is what I can see. I know people, I am talking to people, People that are serving the Lord, they put God first. <laughs> Their life is much better than the people that are working hard, 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 and looking here and doing nothing to the kingdom of God. I'm not living for this life. I'm living for the next. I'm not living. I don't know you. If you want to keep living for this life, okay. I'm not living. <laughs> When the eternal spiritual perspective infiltrates your thinking, it affects our daily earthly walk. I'm going to repeat again. When the eternal spiritual perspective infiltrates our thinking, it affects our daily earthly walk. You know about sports. Uh, in sports, normally, normally athletes know that they can be tested by any time for anti-doping, right? Athletes know, they, they, because they know. And, and the conscious ones, normally they stay off steroids and drugs. Why they stay off? Why? Because they know one day they will be caught. And then those who are conscious, they say, I'm not going to use it. I'm going to, I'm going to do the things right. One day I can be caught. 
But they deal with things different because they know the day that is coming when they will be tested. Even if they don't know when it will be happen. Right? And we don't know the day when Jesus will come. You don't know the day of your appointment. Sometimes children are departing. Young people are departing from this earth. You don't know. And then you don't know when you are going to be tested. And what should you do? Those who live in light of eternity do more for the kingdom of God and they take good, good care of their spiritual life. This is what I, I can see. Those who are living with this perspective, I am living for something bigger. I am living for something much better than this life. These people, they are investing their life. Their family are better, their marriage are better, their finances are better, and they have a better life. This is what they, and people who are just going after things and things and things, they are struggled in their marriage, in their family, their finances, in many things. So in your personal life, as well in your family life, in your church's life, when giving your contribution to the kingdom of God, you must do things differently. You must to have a different life. You need to reflect your faith at your job, when you are working, at your school and in your community. This is how should we live. When you, when you are looking to eternity, you are going to take care of you at school, in your job, or on the streets, everywhere. And sometimes people, they are worried because if my pastor are watching me, then I'm going to do the things differently. Because if I don't do my pastor... Or some people, they don't do things when their wife are watching. But when their wife is not there, please... You should live a different life just thinking about eternity. So you have to live in the light of that day today. Okay? You have to, have to live now in light of that day today. We need to grow higher and deeper in our eternal perspective. And the time to get ready for that day is now. Say to the person next to you, the time to get red is now, today. Amen? Amen? Can I ask you a question? In that day, when you see Jesus, what will you feel? Think, in that day of your appointment, just one stroke, I don't know, or some sickness, or maybe one day we are just walking and then you depart from this earth. And you are before Jesus. What will be your feelings that day? A sense of reward or regret? 
Then when I say, Jesus, wow, I serve with you there. It was hard, but I serve with you. It was difficult sometimes, but I try to do my best. I invest my life in what has value. I invest my, my life in people. I saved people. I loved people. You have to live for something bigger. The Bible says there will be rewards for those who were faithful. Read this Bible. The Bible says there will be rewards in that day. And you should live your life thinking that one day you will be rewarded. It's going to be worth it. In that day, when you are before him, you are going to say, wow, it was worth Jesus. It was worth. I denied my life. I lived for you. But it's so good. Now I am before you. After 20 years in the ministry as pastor, I have found that most believers are not fully aware of what the Bible calls eternal judgment and rewards. Many Christians in church today, they have no idea and they never understood what the Bible says about eternal judgment and rewards. And also many churches today don't talk about it anymore. Don't talk about eternal judgment. Don't talk about hell. Have you noticed? Go to church. And you are going to see, to listen nice sermons. You're going to go out from the church happy. To live your life and keep doing what you want to do. Sermons that touch your soul. But you keep this, doing the same thing. And many pastors today don't teach anymore about hell and judgment. And Paul said that eternal judgment is the foundation. And some churches don't have a foundation. Hebrews 6.2, you are going to see Eternal judgment is the foundation of the gospel. Foundation. <laughs> it's primary school. Or when people enter into the church, you have to learn about eternal judgment. If you are not saved, you are going to hell. You are lost. This is primary school in the church. But some church doesn't have anymore this subject. And some people say, how can... Uh, a God of love send anybody to hell. Some people say. I have learned everything about hell from the same person that I learned about the love of God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I learned about hell from Jesus. And I learned about love from Jesus. In the entire Bible, the only person who talks about hell is Jesus. God. 
If you don't know, Jesus spoke more about hell than heaven. Yes, much more. Jesus said some pretty serious things about hell. And one of the, the shocks I had when studying this book and his teachings on hell was that many of his warnings about hell were directed to his own disciples. When you read the Bible, pay attention. His own followers who committed their lives to him and Jesus was teaching them. Matthew 10, 28. Jesus said to his disciples, Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God that can destroy both soul and body in hell. This is from the loving Jesus. <laughs> Most of the warnings about hell that Jesus gave were given to his own disciples. Those were committed to him. So, Christians, pay attention. Christians in, who are in church, above all, need to be afraid of hell. I don't believe in one teaching that are in many churches that once saved, always saved. This is a lie, and this is from hell. Because people who believe in this teaching, their lives, look to their lives and how they are living, many of them. And also, if you look to the, the, the life of Paul the Apostle, he said in 1 Corinthians 9 27, he said, Follow me there if you can read together. I discipline my body like one. Athlete, training it to do what I it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Oh. Paul the Apostle said, I am preaching to you, but I have some fears. That I fear that after preaching, my beloved brothers, I have this fear. Maybe you say, yes, pastor. Yes. This is why I am searching my heart. Sometimes I go into my bedroom. I spend there hours crying and asking, Jesus, if there is something in me that doesn't belong to you, show me. This week, we receive a lot of bad news about some good churches. That's a shame. And this is what Paul the Apostle said, I discipline my body because I don't want to be disqualified at the end. Please, discipline your body. Look after your life, how you are living. Pay attention to what the Bible says, what you are speaking, how you are living. Because Paul said, I can be disqualified at the end. I don't... Do you want to be disqualified at the end? Then do what they say, that, that Paul the Apostle said. Discipline your body. We need this discipline right now. Now is the time. 
Everything I know about hell came from the lips of Jesus himself. And he is the most loving person who ever lived. Hell is there and hell it's real. Many people make jokes about hell. Have you heard? Yeah, many people make jokes and make a subject of comedy. Ha! Hell is here. Ah, hell, I want to go to hell because the beautiful humans on earth, they will be there. I want to be there. Yeah, some people, they, they have this joke. Have you heard something like that? I have heard. Uh, and also, it's not fashionable to talk about hell today. <laughs> I know, it's not fashionable. If you want to, to be loved, think, preach something very nice. But the Bible says that eternal punishment, eternal punishment is one elementary doctrine of Jesus Christ. Elementary doctrine. Do you know what means that? Elementary doctrine of Jesus. Pay attention. Hell is real. If it was not, then Jesus was a liar. If it's not real, Jesus was a liar. And I'm not prepared to say that Jesus was a liar. And not even you. Because Jesus is the, is the truth. Now I'm going to finish. And I want to read about one parable. And you know about, uh, about Lazarus. And this is not one parable. Many people call it a parable, but it's not a parable. Okay? Lazarus and the rich man. I think, have you read about? Yes. Lazarus and the rich man in Luke 16. And I'm going to say again, this is not a parable. Jesus was telling a true incident which he saw. Jesus saw this incident. How do I know that Jesus saw? Because whenever Jesus told parables, he never used individual people's names. Never. You are going to see that. He always said, there was a man. One man go, went to that place. He used like never they give names. But in this passage, Jesus talks about a certain rich man that also gives names of Lazarus. And you never find Jesus giving names to people in his parables. And also in this, in this passage, he mentions about Abraham's name. Okay? Let's read Luke 16, 19 to 24. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate, at his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores. 21. And, and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table, even the dogs came and licked his Source, 22. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. 
in Hades or in hell, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away from, from hell, okay, with Lazarus by his side. So he called him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony. Or in tor I am tormented in this fire. I want, I want you to notice here that the rich man recognized Abraham and Lazarus. Okay? Follow me. The rich man recognized Lazarus and Abraham. What does this tell us? People are very much human beings in hell and are still very recognizable. Okay, you're not going to lose your conscience. No, no. They still there, they still have their reasoning faculties. They still keep their emotions. They still have their will, their features, because they were able to recognize each other. Are you following me? In hell, they still have their senses. They can hear, they can feel, they can feel pain, they feel thirst, they can still touch, they can smell, they can taste, and they can see. Let's go verse 25. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now you, you, now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. Twenty-six. And besides all this, between us and you, a great Counts has been set in place so that those who want to go from here to you cannot. It's impossible to change place. Nor can any, anyone cross over from there to us. Wow. 27. He answered, Okay. But I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so they will also not come to this place of torment. Here, he, he pleaded Abraham to send Lazarus to his five brothers, to his family, and in order for them not to go to that place. 29, Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. Because I'm not going to send anyone. If it was today, it was written in your Bible. 
No, no, no. In Monaghan, there are Pastor Marcio. Listen to him. I'm not going to send someone that is in, in hell or heaven to you. Listen, listen, Pastor Marcio. Listen to your leaders in your cell meeting, your leader. Listen to them because they are teaching you. Listen, those who are preaching the gospel on the streets. <laughs> listen to them. And he said, no, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. Third one, he said to him, if they do not listen to Moses, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophet, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. Hell is a place of absolute loneliness, hopeless, and a place of eternal remembrance. This is the greatest torment. He was in hell worried about his family and about his five brothers. And he asked, send someone from the dead because they will repent. If they are not listening to Pastor Marsh, he's not listening to you, they are not going to listen. Even if someone comes and says to them. But I have, I'm finishing now. And you need to understand one thing. Hell was not created and was never meant for human beings. Okay? Let's, let's read all together. Hell was not created and was never meant for human beings. God never intended for any human beings to end up there. Never. This is not a place for human beings. Matthew 25, 41 says, Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire, prepared for whom? The devil and his angels. God prepared heaven for us. God prepared heaven for you, my beloved brothers. This is what the Bible says. And hell for devil and his angels. Hell was not prepared for human beings, not for men, for you. And many people say, how can a loving God send people to hell? God is a loving God, indeed, but he is also just and holy. Pay attention. If God allowed people with the nature of Lucifer into heaven, it would pollute the entire city of heaven. God cannot allow this kind of things in his kingdom. He is merciful, but he is just. He is holy. And Jesus never came to condemn us. This is the, the most wonderful part. Jesus never came to condemn you. Never came to condemn you. Jesus came to save us. Amen? He came to save you, to save us. By the cross, we know the gravity of sin and the greatness, and the greatness of God's love toward us. 
By the cross you know how much God loves you. God prepared his love on the cross. When Christ hung and bled and died, it was God saying to the whole world, I love you. Amen. At the cross, Jesus bleeding, God was saying to you, I love you. I paid very high price for your life. I want you to live with me. You can be saved. The only thing you need to do is to repent from your sins and abandon your sins and to live for Jesus. Amen. This is the greatest news. God created heaven. Salvation is available to you and to me. It's not condemnation. I know to talk about hell sometimes is hard. But the good, great news is that God loves you. And he wants to save you. But you need to repent from your sin. And nowadays, many people don't teach it anymore. About repentance. Revelation 2.11 says, Who has one ear? Let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Whoever, he who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Let's pray. Could you stand up? <clears throat> maybe, maybe you are in church but you are not sure about your salvation. Some people, they are in church, but they are not sure if they are saved or not. And you maybe you never had one encounter with God. Or you need to repent from our sin. You need to repent. Because Jesus died for your sins. And you need to be saved, and you need to be born again. Repentance means forgiveness of our sins or to renounce, to quit the old lifestyle that we lived before. This is the gospel. When you give your life to Jesus, when you repent from your sins, when you abandon your sins, your name is written in the book of life. Please close your eyes. And I want to finish with this prayer. Because Jesus came to save you. I'm here not to condemn you. I'm here not to say that you are going to hell. But what I'm teaching you, you need to repent from all your sins. Jesus loves you. And he wants to save you. And you need to get ready for this appointment that you have. Maybe in few days or few years. I invite you to pray this prayer of repentance. And say, dear Jesus. Pray you after me and say, dear Jesus. I am so thankful for the cross. I am a lost sinner. And I repent of my sins. I'm sorry for my sins. 
and I ask for your forgiveness. I ask that you come into my heart and cleanse me with the precious blood. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for dying that cross to save me. Thank you for saving my soul. I'm going to live this life here, looking to eternity. And I want to be prepared for that day when I'm going to see you face to face. I accept you, and I am saved. And my name is written in the book of life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. May the Lord bless you. Amen. May, may the grace of the Lord Jesus and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all in this week. Amen. May the Lord bless you. See you next week.